to the Lovish Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Sita Hood, vision architect and licensed therapist. Each week, I'm going to help you to develop the belief and strategy necessary to make an immediate impact on the world by deep diving into topics like mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it.
So I'm telling you today, you have to accept you. You have to accept yourself for the way that you were created, the gifts that you have, the talents that you have, all of it. I tell my clients that you don't have to have hope or believe when we first start out, right? I will let you borrow my belief. And that's what you can hold on to as the truth until you start to see it for yourself. People look at me like I'm crazy when I say like, uh, I just believe this moment is so beautiful when they feel like their life is collapsing. I'm like, but this moment is beautiful because number one, you will never forget it. This will forever be a marker in your life as the day that you chose to fight back. The day that you chose to give yourself permission to see bigger vision for yourself. The day that you chose to give yourself permission to step out on faith and to be who you are authentically. So I don't see the pain of the moment necessarily. I'm not focused on it, I should say, because I can see it. I can feel it. But my focus is on getting you to that vision that you see for yourself, getting you to see the beautiful part on the other side of this pain. So I'm sharing the same truth with you. Even if you don't know it's true, you can pretend it's true for now. I remember the first time I recognized the weight of my influence. Honestly, I surprised myself. (laughs) But now I can easily recognize that um, this was a gift that was imparted in me when I was born. I don't remember the exact situation, but I remember that um, I was with a group of friends and they were talking about some things that somebody did. I remember that I intentionally chose to be quiet because I thought that they were going hard on whoever it was they were talking about. And then somebody in the conversation paused and said, well, Sita, what do you think? And I said something along the lines of, um, While I can understand that whatever they did looks bogus, um, I also understand why they did it. And I didn't really have anything else to say after that, because if you can understand a person's motives or you can even empathize with the person, you know, that can help you to be able to offer a little bit more grace to them in that situation instead of going hard in the paint because you best believe life is going to do a number on us and we're going to turn around and need somebody to advocate for us. But that's not the point. (laughs) After that, I remember that the entire mood shifted in the place. And in that moment, it was like people were checking themselves for going so hard on this person. Like they were kind of backpedaling and what they were saying. And I was not intending to check anybody or to say anything mean to anybody. But, you know, I remember in that moment, like kind of feeling bad for this person who did this thing. And I really wish I could remember the exact situation, but I don't remember. I just remember um, the people in the room going hard on that person. And I just didn't think it was so serious as these people were making it out to be. And so I remember leaving that place and I thought to myself, like, man, Sita, people actually listen when you speak. Like, you need to be careful what you say and how you say it, because when you speak, it carries weight. 
that was an instrumental moment for me because I was like, whew, chow. And I don't even think I labeled it as having influence, but I was like, I could so easily see how on these shows when people use like suggestive language to get people thinking alternatively to what you know, they were originally thinking about. If you think about a villain, so I'm watching House of the Dragon right now and a spoiler, spoiler alert, Laris, hate him, get him out of here. But of course there's talk that he's the new little finger. (laughs) Anyway, Laris loves planting these tiny little seeds that seem insignificant into the queen's ear. And then she has this big rash reaction to what he said. And so that is the power of influence and that's the weight of influence. And I didn't recognize it as influence in that moment, but I recognize that I need to be very careful about what I'm saying because it literally matters to people. So before we dive into the truths, let's take a second and have a word from our sponsor for this episode. Have you been playing small building someone else's dream while yours slowly dies inside of you? When you walk through the candle aisle of Target with your Starbucks in your hand, dreaming of your next season, you wonder if it's actually possible. You're tired of living the same mediocre cycle. You take the kids to school. You go to a job you're great at, but you feel miserable working at. You pick up the kids. You make dinner. You spend some time with your loved ones. You go to bed and you start the same cycle all over again. What would your kids say if they could see you hiding? How long are you going to hold on to the illusion of who people say you are? I'm Sita Hood, vision architect, but licensed therapist by trade. And I help women to take their big ideas from the dreamer stage into a tangible reality. I want to invite you to activate your influence. I want to invite you to join Activate, a 90-day accelerator for visionary women. Inside of Activate, you're going to learn how to clarify your vision, curate your wellness routines, command your day, and confidence confidently impact any environment you walk into. Aren't you tired of playing small? When's the last time you truly bet on yourself? I want to invite you to level up. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. Okay, so truth number one that you've been struggling to accept You are, in fact, a person of influence. That should not come as a surprise to you. But if you're at the stage that I was when I had that realization, you probably are like, wow, yeah, I guess that is true. Maybe you find that when you speak, people's perspective shifts. Or maybe you notice that people tend to copy off of you a lot. You know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Whatever you do, you find that there's always somebody who is following behind you or doing something similar. Or maybe you find that when you get angry about something, people are quick to rally by your side. Or you're the type of person that has the unique ability to make everybody feel comfortable, heard and validated and acquainted with you. 
You got to start recognizing these as gifts. It's not a coincidence that people are amazed by you or by something that you do. Um, our gifts really come easy to us <laughs> and they come so easy to us that we often overlook it until it's pointed out very plainly to us. And even then we still may not see it as a gift. I remember when I was on the cusp of finally uncovering my gift, I was surprised by the simplicity of it. I've always heard that, you know, your gift is the thing people always ask you about. What's the number one thing, blah, 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 etc. And I was rejecting my gift because I saw it as such a simple thing. And I would get flustered when people did not listen to me. Hello. <laughs> and I'm not talking about necessarily in the therapy chair, but like a whole therapist and people still don't be taking your word, but like they don't be acting like you got some sense in your head. It's like, child, hello, I'm a therapist. <laughs> but the thing people always ask me came in a lot of different variations. And so I really was not necessarily paying attention to the pattern. They would say like, how did you accomplish this? How did you handle all of this? How did you start your practice? How did you get this done? How did you manage that? And the thing that I thought they wanted was the literal answer to that question. But they were really asking me for the strategy behind what I had built. And so I was getting frustrated because I was teaching them step by step how to build what I built or how to do what I had done. And when they didn't follow through or they didn't do it, I would get irritated because I was doing the work for them instead of teaching them and equipping them with the skills to do things for themselves. And so I will also get frustrated because it was a heavy investment of my time, honey. Like if I help somebody, I'm pouring out all that I have to support them. It's not just a simple thing for me. My heart and my soul is in this because life is ministry and ministry is my life. And those things are married together. And so what I do, I do it all to the glory of God. And I want God to be pleased with my work. So I put my heart and soul into everything that I do. So I'm being intentional about supporting them and investing my time and my energy to do so. And it's not just simple. And so it's frustrating to see it all go down the drain when you work so hard. And that was the issue. I was working hard to do for them instead of using my influence to teach them strategies. And so once I embraced how my brain works, because if you haven't heard this in an episode before, I used to be very upset and angry with God at the way that he created me. Um, the very thing that was my gift, you know, uh, people would tell me like, girl, you're too invested in that girl. You're too whatever. But realistically, it's just the way that I was wired. God wired me to see strategy, to find resources and to figure out issues. And so I was able to help people see progress when I started to accept that. So that leads me to truth number two. You have everything you need to start shifting your reality. You have everything you need to start shifting your reality today. You only have to open your eyes to be able to see the thing differently. I kept rejecting the very gift that God gave me, the essence, the core of who I am. I was rejecting that because I didn't know any better. I did not grow up wanting to be a social worker. You know, um, 
I'm from the hood. So in the hood, I feel like there, maybe it used to be and it's not this way anymore, but I feel like there's some pretty, uh, standard career aspirations that come from the hood, like basketball player, rapper, movie star, doctor, lawyer. Um, but now there's probably social media influencer, YouTuber, etc. But I did not grow up being like, yes, I'm about to be a social worker. No, that was not me. Like, I honestly didn't really have a clue what I wanted to do. And when I got close to going to college, I remember my parents' influence of like doctor, lawyer. And so I was like, well, I like kids. I want to be a doctor so I can heal kids, you know. And then I got in college and I was like, low key, how you going to be a doctor, girl? How you gonna be a doctor when you hate math and science? How? How? (laughs) And so I had to take a step back and I was undecided for a while. And I stumbled into the field of social work. And once I learned what social work was all about, I was like, oh my God, I've been doing this my whole life, literally my whole life in various forms. This is who I have always been. And that was confirmed in um, seeing older people that had grown that I had grown up like they were adults in my life when I was growing up and they see me now and they're like, Sita, you've always been this person. And that felt so good to me because one of the things that I strive to do is to be authentic to me. That is what I'm always talking about, being real, being honest about the struggles, having those hard conversations, just I mean, really just kind of being um, measuredly transparent, right? And I say that because yes, you can have a level of transparency, but you also need to maintain some privacy because, you know, enemy is still real. Devil still be working out here in these streets. But anyway, um, all of that to say that this gift is not a new thing that popped up in me. It's been rooted in me since I was a child. I only needed to lean into it. I only needed to unlock it. And here's the thing too. It is exciting for me to function in my gift. I absolutely love planning experiences for people, helping people bring their vision to life, seeing a thing go from an idea that I wrote in my journal to a tangible real life thing that people get to experience is really exhilarating to me. But because I was caught up, I thought it couldn't be that simple. (laughs) My purpose could not possibly be that simple. My love for scheduling and planning. (laughs) That can't be that simple. My obsession with like researching things when I want to know more. That can't be attached to my purpose. Here's the thing. It was simple to me. But it was like manna from heaven to my clients. And I started to think about what I should call myself in addition to a therapist because I was functioning outside of the role as a therapist when I was doing this. And then the term vision architect came to me because it's the literal definition of what I do. You can tell me your vision and I will give you the blueprint to help you define your vision and make it even clearer. So there were so many people that were like, oh my God, a vision architect. That is so dope. Love that. Love that. I didn't even know I needed one until I read your page or until I saw your video. And how did I reach this point? I had to architect my own vision first. 
I had to develop some grit and give myself permission to start where I was and to use what I had. I had no clue. If you would have told me 10 years ago, when I sat on the floor listening to podcasts while playing with my baby girl, that I would be here, I wouldn't have believed you. But that's where it started. A bold belief that what I had might actually be good enough. And it was. That's why you're listening to this podcast right now. That's why this podcast has been heard in India, Russia, you know, all over the United States, Turkey, Africa, Switzerland, like all over the world, because it does matter. And this is not a fairy tale where everything was easy along the way. And and just to clarify, let me just help you understand a couple of the bumps in the road that I hit. Depression, grief and loss overdraft negative accounts when trying to start and run a business trial and error phone services websites t-shirts banks etc great employees horrible employees barely enough money to cover payroll creepy overbearing landlords in my office building defamation of character from local therapists who didn't even know me but wanted to see my business fail being taken advantage of as a young business owner and those are just a few of the issues that I ran into. And so what is my point? You will run into roadblocks, but when you're committed to your dream, you cannot let that stop you. If you're at a roadblock right now, keep going, rest, 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 do what you need to do to get that energy back up. But baby girl, get up and keep going. You have to believe that what you have, who you are, who you were born to be is more than enough simply because it is. A few questions that I want to leave you with. What would the outcome be if you learn to accept who you are? If you learn to accept the role that you play in so many different people's lives? If you leaned in to your destiny and your purpose? If you accepted the way that you were created, how would these things change your life? It's time to talk about what I've been loving, product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. All right, all right. Honestly, today is for the gross, honey. I've been doing my nails. Uh, I've been alternating between press-on nails for a long time and then going back to the shop for a while and then back to press-on nails. Like, it's just a whole thing. I go back and forth, right? Because I have not been able to find a quality nail tech where I live, which is like, oh, it's irritating, Okay. But it's all right. I ran into Kiara Sky Nails. And honey, I love their entire system. They got something for everybody. So I'm currently using the jelly tips. And what I like is the freedom and flexibility that I have to design my own nails. Um, I'm not saying that I'm a great nail artist just yet. But you know, I got aspirations. <laughs> but 
I just felt like it, it wasn't worth it for me to keep going to the shop to pay all this money for a basic level nail design that I could probably do myself. Like I'm paying all this money because y'all are competing with private nail techs. And then I can't find like a quality nail tech who has pictures and all this other stuff out here by me. So I'm using the jelly tips and they're cute. Um, but they also have like an acrylic system and a press on nail system. So literally anything that you could ever want pertaining to your nails, they have it. Um, so now that I'm done with school, I have been loving simply doing my nails myself. All right, I want to thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. In today's episode, we talked about the number one lie that you've been believing about yourself that is holding you back and two amazing truths that you need to hold on to so that you can see your vision come from the dreamer stage into reality. If you enjoyed today's episode, share the love, share with your mama, share with your auntie, share with your friend, and then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Reviews help the podcast to grow. Well, that is all I have for you today, and I will see you out on these social media streets.